think I'm not nervous this time, Brother Robert. Uh, I'm really nervous, but uh, I'll sing next time. Good afternoon, brethren. I, uh, we always praise and thank God for allowing us, you know, to gather ourselves. And I will call this the remnants of the Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, or Sunday morning. Thank you for your faithfulness. And, uh, you know, by the way, we have to continue to pray for the Philippines right now. Because uh, I just saw this uh, video that uh, Pastor Marvin, whose uh, mission work is in Nueva Ecija, right now they're being pounded by a very strong storm. So please, uh, what? signal number five. That's very strong. The video, you, you really can, you know, feel it. So let's uh, pray for them. And, uh, of course, there is power in prayer, right? And thank you, Sister Risa May, for the message of that song as well. As we continue to put our trust upon God, the promise is he will lift us up and he will give us peace. The Lord Jesus Christ said the peace that passeth understanding. So I hope, you know, because I noticed this afternoon in our Sunday school, we almost spent two and a half hours. So I'm assuming that you allow me to preach two and a half hours this afternoon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, let's open up our Bibles. Let's all rise up in reverence of God's word. And I think we can quote this by memory. Because it's found in Hebrews 11, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. You can close your eyes if you want to. You want to recite it together? Amen. All right, so let's recite it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Lord, thank you for once again you allowed us to gather ourselves to enjoy the fellowship among us believers. It's not because of ourselves, but because of your presence, that you are the common bonding of believers like us. Lord, as I approach your holy word this afternoon, thank you for allowing me this privilege to preach your word. But I just ask, O oh God, for cleansing. I pray, Lord, that you forgive me for all my sins because I know that I'm not worthy to do this. It's only by your grace. And I just want to be cleansed before I preach your word. Forgive us, Lord, from all our trespasses. Help us, Lord God, to be blessed this afternoon. I know we can do nothing without the guidance of the Holy Spirit and without the Lord Jesus Christ. Be with us, Lord as we want to enjoy the blessings of your word this afternoon. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Let's all sit down. You know, as we all know, the Christian life, or I would say everyone's life, by the way, has its ups and downs. As they say, life is like a wheel. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. At times, we are in the valley. 
At times we are in the mountain or on top of the mountain. At times we are in the garden. But at times we are in a desert. And when we go down in the valley and we start to wander in the desert, then we start to get discouraged and worried and doubt. At times, due to the severity of our circumstances, we despair and think of just throwing the towel. You know, I believe this is the context of our text because in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 to 34, the, the, the Bible states that the believers were discouraged and on the verge of quitting. So the writer is encouraging them to persevere in their faith. So I entitled this message, The Significance of Faith or Living by Faith. The writer of Hebrews encouraged them to think back on those early days when they first learned about Christ. Do you still remember when you accept the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Those first days of your salvation. The writer reminded them that they remained faithful even though they know that they are going to be persecuted. Even though they were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. And at times they even helped others who were suffering the same things. They suffered along with those who are thrown into jail. And when all they owned was taken from them, what happened? They accepted it with joy. The writer said, do you still remember those things that you did when you first met Christ in your life? And then he said in verse 35, cast not away therefore. You know, when you read the way, I mean the word therefore, there's an admonition that is very important. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, meaning do not throw away your faith or trust, which hath great recompense of reward. But I want us to underscore verse 38, because that's my message this afternoon. Now, the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So he is saying here, I am writing you that you are supposed to persevere. You're supposed to be patient and not quit because the just is supposed to live by faith. Living by faith is supposed to be a lifestyle. Meaning faith is not, is not just an imagination. Faith is not just a theory or concept, but a reality for the believer. It is substantial and it is concrete. We cannot live the Christian life without it. That's why in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, so familiar to us. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So now the question is, how can this be? How does living by faith work? First and foremost, let's look at the object or substance of our faith. Faith is real because of its substance. Faith is real because of its object. Faith is real because of its subject. Faith is real because it is tied to a person. And we will see that person later on. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. The word substance in Greek is hopostasis. H-U-P-O-S-T-A-S-I-S. And strong concordance defines it as the basis of something. The basis of something. Hence, it is defined as an assurance, a guarantee, a confidence. So we will say faith is the assurance, the guarantee, the confidence of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. If this is how, you know, magnificent, powerful faith is, I believe someone who is sovereign and powerful and whose integrity we can rely on must be the source or giver of this faith. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, we are so familiar with this, right? For by grace are ye saved, what? Through faith. And that not of yourselves. Take note now, underscore that. It is the gift of God. Faith is a gift from God. And from the context of this verse, saving faith is a gift from God. You know, God saved us when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And that faith is a gift from God. Grace Faith and salvation are free gifts from the Lord. That's why we can't take credit for it. In verse 9, it states, Not of works, lest any man should boast. In Romans 10, 17, so familiar. So then faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you talk about the substance of faith, the subject of faith, the evidence of faith, you can find it here, folks. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What are we doing right now? What did we just do the whole day? We are listening to the word of God. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, so familiar with this verse once again. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Are you not comforted that we are not the object of our faith? Because if that is the case, we might already quit living by faith long time ago. I praise and thank God he is the author and finisher of our faith. For if he is the author and finisher of our faith, then we have the confidence to live by faith until it's finally finished until the day or when the day when Christ Jesus returns. Being confident of this very thing, the apostle Paul said, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until what? The day of Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And I would like to add this, by the way. The object of our faith is not supposed to be our feelings. Because feelings change, we know that. At times, our emotions shifts based on what we see, based on what we read, based on what we listen to. You know, when you listen to a love song, and you are broken hearted, what will happen to you? <laughs> you will sob. You will sob unconsolably, right? Tandaan pa ninyo yung kantang napakasakit ko, ya Eddie, right? <laughs> you know, our faith, as I've said, is tied to a person. So when our faith is tied with our feelings, it is shifting. We go like a roller coaster. Sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down, sometimes we're weak, sometimes we're strong in our faith. So the message this afternoon, brethren, is to make sure that our faith is tied with God. I want to declare this afternoon that the substance of our faith is no other than the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that's Brother Glenn's favorite statement. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Make sure the substance of your faith is the giver of your faith. The reason faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, is because of the integrity and the trustworthiness of the object of our faith. Listen to Malachi 3.6. For I am... The Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Why are you here this afternoon? Because you are not yet consumed. Thank God. Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should what? Lie. Neither the Son of Man, that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Hebrews 13.8. We memorize this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today. Take note the next word. And forever. Now, if that's the object of your faith, 
we should not despair. Warren Worsby said, and I quote, faith is only as good as its object. And the object of our faith is God. End quote. You see, if the object of our faith is weak, what do you expect of your faith? Weak, right? If the object of your faith is insufficient, then our faith cannot accomplish anything. We must praise and thank God. He is the object of our faith because it means our faith is not a blind trust in the face of contrary evidence. It is not unknowable. It is not a leap in the dark. Rather, it is a confidence trust in the eternal God who is all-powerful, infinitely wise, and eternally trustworthy. The God who has revealed himself in his word and in the person of Jesus Christ. You know what John said? Blessed are those who did not see but believe. That's faith. Let's go to number two. The application of faith. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, For we walk. You know, when you talk about walking, you're moving, right? You're alive. That's action. For we walk by faith and not by sight. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him. Take note, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So walk ye in faith. Be established in the faith. That's applying your faith, folks. God started us, you know, with saving faith. Meaning when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we receive what? Salvation. And when we receive salva salvation, we also receive justification. Meaning justified from the penalty of the condemnation of sin. Which is the problem in the first place, right? The problem of sin. And the Lord did not leave us alone. After our justification, He did not leave us alone because He has given us this faith to maintain our sanctification. As we live our Christian life, we have this faith to rely on. You see, what we reflect is what we truly believe. What we testify is what we truly believe. As James said in chapter 2, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? You know, 
our faith, our faith is not only an intellectual concept. It should coincide with action. You know, even if a person is theologically very sound and exceptional in uh, intellectual, in grasping, you know, considerable portions of biblical doctrines, but do not apply it, it is vain. Doctrines are important, don't get me wrong. In fact, it is so important that one cannot possibly experience the life of faith without accepting the fundamental doctrines of the Bible. Yet claiming to be saved but not living by faith or walking by faith is questionable. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 2.12, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. I'm not looking at you, the Apostle Paul said. I cannot see you. Take note, he said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Meaning, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. By the grace of God, when he saved us, he gave us a new life, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17, our senior pastor quoted it this morning. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature, a new man. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And thank God he did not leave us alone to live this new life in him because he also gave us faith. To live it. In Romans 1.17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from what? Faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The concrete testimony of a child of God is doing what we believe about God. That means our faith is not, a, is not just a theory or doctrine in our head. You know, a doctor's prescription cannot give you medicine. You have to go to the pharmacy and buy that prescribed medicine. A gifted, gifted singer is of no purpose if he does not want to sing. A gifted preacher is of no use if he does not want to preach. Same thing with our faith. What good is it if it's dormant? I'd like to quote Dr. Tony Evans. He said, and I quote, Faith is acting like it is so, even when it's not so, in order that it might be so, simply because God says it's so, end quote. Beautiful. This whole chapter 11 of Hebrews is a list of people who applied faith or lived by faith. Take note of verse 2. For by it, 
meaning for by faith the elders obtained a good report. The author of Hebrews is as if saying, if you do not believe me, listen to the testimony of people from the Old Testament. Listen to their witnesses. They are witnesses, witnesses for the type of faith I am talking about here. The faith of the men of old provides evidence for the reality and greatness of what they believed in. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to the other la another land even without knowing where he was going. You know, if you talk about faith, underscore that. Even without knowing where he was going. It was by faith that Sarah believed God's promise of having a child. Take note, even if she was barren. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because, take note, he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. I cannot mention all the names in the list due to time constraint. We might take us until midnight. But I see one thing in common here. They trusted and obeyed God even if it seems impossible. This reminds me of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel 3, 16 to 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Now, underscore this in verse 18. But if not, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. But if not, is the declaration of living by faith whose substance is the Lord. But if not, we still trust our God. But if not, we will still obey the word of God. We still show how God transformed our life. We still share the gospel. We still share to pray. We still, we still pray to God. We still support the ministries of the church. We still stay until the sur uh, Sunday afternoon service. We still attend the Bible study physically. We still attend Wednesday prayer meeting. But if not, we still fellowship with my fellow, with our fellow believers. But if not, we still tithe and gave, give sacrificially. Regardless of the circumstances and consequences, we still believe and trust God. You know, it is vital to note that here in Hebrews 11, there are people included in this list who is a prostitute who is a liar and a 
murder. They're included in this list. Rahab, right? Moses is a liar. Moses is a murderer. Abraham is a liar. What does that tell us? The message is this. Even though we failed God, even though we doubted God, even though we complained against God, even though we, dis we distance ourselves from the church fellowship, even though we break our promises to God, even though we backslide, even though we think we are in a spirit, we are a spiritual failure. If you right now begin to live your life by faith, God will put your name in his list. You know, we thank God. This is what we think of God. When we stop praying to him and when we stop serving him, we think he already left us. But you know what? No. He never left us. He is just waiting for us to come back. He is just where he, we left him. God is a God of mercy, the Bible states. God is a God of grace. God is a God of many chances. Someone said, it is impossible for the man to despair who remembers that his helper is omnipotent. The psalmist said in chapter 121, verses 1 to 2, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Let me go to my third point, the sustenance of faith. You know, this point is a whole sermon by itself. So due to lack of time, I'm just kidding. I, d I don't want to stay until like 5 o'clock. <laughs> I'll just share some points, you know, to emphasize how to strengthen our faith. Because strong faith is vital to meet the challenges of living by faith. Remember, when Jesus comes, the storm in Matthew chapter 8, right? When Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples, suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake, like in the Philippines right now. Signal number five, maybe. With waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping, right? So the disciples went and walking up, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. In verse 26, And the Lord saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. You know, we all agree to this. The number one enemy of our faith is what? Fear. Worry. Doubt and worry will make our faith little. 
So when we are tempted to doubt the Lord's ability to help us, we need to pray like the disciples of Jesus in Luke chapter 17. What did they say? Lord, increase our faith. And the vital question is, how do we increase our faith? And the first point is very practical, but it's hard to be consistent. Dedication to study the word of God. In Psalm 1, verses 1 to 2, and also Romans 10, 17. I don't have to read those verses. We're familiar with those. But I would like to say this. Someone said, feed your faith and your doubts will starve. Feed your faith and your worry will starve. The more we know about the integrity and trustworthiness of the Lord, the stronger our faith will be. And where can you find that? In the Bible. You know, we just uh, saw Pastor Sam talking about the evidence of the Word of God. The origination, right? The preservation. The circulation. And the principles in that Bible. You know, when you talk about the technological jargon of uh, scientific evidence, listen to Frank Turek, one of the greatest, I believe, evangelists, Christian evangelists. If you cannot face the, the uh, intellectual uh, atheist scientist, you know, just tell them, Google Frank Turek. <laughs> you know, we have a lot of evidence about the object of our faith. If you watched that, we, you were here and watched that movie last Friday. That's a good movie about the matter of faith. The more we know about the integrity and trustworthiness of the object of our faith, the stronger our faith will be. Someone said the strength of a man consists and finding out the way God is going and going that way. By God's grace, let's continue to fill our mind and heart with God's word and apply its divine principles in our living by faith. This is important because what a man thinks, so is he. So you talk about the sustenance of faith, dedication to study the word of God, attending uh, Bible studies, uh, attending our services and your personal devotion. Yes. Very important. The next one is patience or endurance from the challenges and testing of trials. We know that we should love God not only because of his blessings, right? Not only because of his gifts and rewards, but because it is also true that God act actively works to enrich the Christian's faith by sending trials which challenge our faith. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, 1 Peter 1, verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know, praying for increased faith is certainly commendable. But, take note, but one should not do so 
without first counting the cost. You know, there are two very important truths that I would like to share about uh, the story of Job. First truth, faith is not conditional. Faith is not conditional. We can never have a true and strong faith if it is conditional. Meaning, our faith is strong when everything is all right, but weak when everything is not all right. You see, God used Job to prove that a person's faith can be motivated simply by love of God and not by God's gifts only. In John chapter 1, God, I mean, Job chapter 1, I'm sorry. God brags about his favorite servant to Satan, right? Familiar with the story? In verse 8, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? So note how Satan replied. It is not surprising that Job has faith in you. He said, look what you have done for him. You have created a fortification around him and his family. You have given him vast wealth and possessions. So in effect, Satan is saying, Job's faith is conditional because he only believes in you because of what he had got from you. Let me take it all from him and he will spit in your face. Imagine Satan talking to the Lord like that. For Satan, Job's faith is just a product of environment and circumstance. Change the environment, he said. Change the circumstances, and Job will change his belief. But God said, Job is better than that. You could imagine when God talked about us and he said, my child is better than that. Whatever his environment, whatever his circumstances, he will still believe me. And God is right because Job kept his faith, right? Although he complained along the way, but he never gave up on God. Amen? And number two, truth from the story of Job. Faith does not depend on prosperity. Agree? God did reward Job lovelessly, but the book is not about prosperity. Faith is the main emphasis. Job's material prosperity is insignificant in comparison with his faith in God. You know, some dwell on Job's restored fortune. They emphasize that Job underwent trials so that God could bless him materially. But this is not God's perspective. It was Satan's point of view, remember? Satan's accusation was that Job served God only for material reward. Job proved, however, that he served God only because God is God. And material rewards have nothing to do with it. The book of Job tells the story of a hero who endured an astonishing 
test of faith. You see, many follows the prosperity faith, right? If your faith is strong, they say, you will prosper. You will live a long and happy life. They will say, if you believe in Jesus, everything will go well. He will bless you tremendously. Folks, we know this. This is not faith. This is false. The truth is, the book of Job is a battleground of faith and testing. And Job shows us the kind of faith we should all cherish. What is that? A faith that is dependent on anything at all but God. You know, when Job thought he was at the bottom of the pit, from God's perspective, he was not. God seemed absent to Job, but God was totally present to him. Job did not know that before. But as we know, because we are reading it in the Bible, right? <laughs> that God is present right there. But Job did not know it. But he exercised faith. I would like to say this. At every moment, not just moment of trials, okay? At every moment, meaning all moments of our life, remember this. God sees it all. That's my conclusion. One night, a house caught fire, and a young boy was forced to flee to the roof. The father stood on the ground below with outstretched, outstretched hand, you know, encouraging his son, jump, I'll catch you. Because he knew the boy had to jump to save his life. But all the boy could see, however, was flame, smoke, and darkness, blackness. As can be imagined, he was afraid to leave the roof. But his father kept yelling, begging for his son to jump. Son, jump. I'll catch you. I'll catch you. But the boy protested, Daddy, I can't see you. The father replied, But I can see you, and that's all that matters. There are times our faith will tell God, Lord, I cannot see you. We have brethren right now who maybe are in this type of situation, they might be thinking, Lord, I cannot see you this time. But God responds this, it's okay, my child, because all that matter is, I see you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for reminding us that you are the giver of our faith. And we believe, Lord God, that you will sustain that faith for us. Thank you for your integrity. Thank you for your trustworthiness. If there's someone listening and watching this video, 
I pray to the Lord that you will exercise faith. Because the Bible is very clear. Without faith, we can never please the Lord. And when you talk about eternal life, there's no way you can have eternal life in heaven without putting your faith on what the Lord Jesus Christ hath done for you. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. Accept the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. And his promise is, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. If you have not done that yet, please do so. Just between you and the Lord. Ask for forgiveness of all your sins and believe that Jesus Christ paid it all on the cross for you. And on the third day, he resurrected to guarantee your eternal, eternal life and eternal salvation. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.